Yo, 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 what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Selena's Underground Podcast. Your look at Selena's news, culture, writers. I was going to say screenwriter, but have you ever, I don't know if you're on a screenplay. We'll get into that. <laughs> the reason I say that is because I do have somebody sitting across from me here on the other mic. This week we have uh, Chago from Baktoon 12 joining us. What's up, Chago? What's happening? What's going on, dude? What's going on? This I I feel like this is a long time coming. This interview we've for years been <laughs> running into each other and like oh we should do something and and it's finally happening. Yeah, it took a worldwide pandemic to get it together, dude. And actually, I don't mean and I didn't bring this up before we started recording. I don't mean to be too much of a downer, but this is the first time recording. Since the passing of uh, Alfred Diaz Infante, I don't know how if mm -hmm. um, usually I don't try to bring in news while I have guests on. I, I try yeah. to leave the news on to separate things. But that's one. I am so the most cynical, critical person of anybody in power that has control over anything. And I always I'm like, nah, you're not that nice. There's some, there's some edge to you. And Alfred was one of those people that I never, ever, and I didn't know him personally, you know, but I, I met him several times. If you go out to community events in Salinas, you were going to run into him at some point. And speaking of interviews that, that didn't materialize and took a while to materialize and will now won't materialize. That was one that he wanted to come on so many times and he was so genuine about it, you know, and, and it's speaking in that you got that same tone with him every time for people that don't know who Alfred is. He was the, the head of a, of Chispa, which is a low income type organization i don't really know exactly low-income housing for farm worker families yeah i was gonna, yeah. i i know that when we because we we lived in section eight housing growing up you know that's that's basically the only way we we could live in a house when chispa we actually housing. moved out yeah i i don't think we ever lived specifically in chispa housing but they definitely were the where my mom went you know because other than that it was the housing authority, whatever it was right here off of Rossi. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's very bureaucratic, very, you know, a bunch of English speaking people and stuff. You go to Chispa, as soon as you walk in the Chispa offices, everybody speaks Spanish. It, it used to be right there on market. Mm -hmm. Now they're literally like right here across from us. Mm -hmm. So, so like I said, I, so I, again, I, I do definitely remember them being a big part of helping us with the process and all that. Um, but like I said, I don't think we we ever any of the apartments and housing we lived in was ever cheese by housing. But they, they a lot. There's a lot of apartments and stuff out there. Anyway, I don't mean I don't mean to br to bring this and be a downer. But this is the first time since that. And to me that that was fuck, dude. It's one of those, and I don't want to call it the movement or whatever. Like we're all. I mean, we are all a part of something. But but there was nothing ever you know said amongst anybody. But, but he's one of those that yeah. Lo locally it's that's gonna that difference is gonna be felt but at the very same time i get motivated into where me is like there are spaces being created i need to fill that space i've been like like this little seedling you know under his shade being yeah. protected a and unfortunately before i felt it was too too early that protection is gone but i'm ready you know it's like you know you could either wither away and be like oh damn it that protection's gone that sucks the you know let's all give up and and go home like no now i'm here 
and you know all those little seedlings that, that we have spread around that that again he was shading and protecting now it's time for some of us to step in and, and fill that space oh, yeah. and and that's really what i felt other, other you know that then the that heaviness of of losing somebody that knew so much that 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 wisdom that yeah. knowledge is is irreplaceable but it's like okay it's now it's time for me to step up I'm yeah. 34 years old, you know, mm-hmm. I'm 22 over here, just trying to have fun, trying to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to get real. And, and it's time to shade those seedlings now mm-hmm. that are coming under us. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to mention that because uh, never had someone that I've, I've met so little had such a big impact and it sucks that I won't be able to interview him anymore, but that's, uh, that's all right. It, it, you know, and it sucks, but, but I think what, you know, Alfred gave us, you know, was, you know, this opportunity, multiple opportunities to see, like, as you were saying, these seedlings, I mean, these spaces to incubate those seedlings, man. Like there were, there were, there were art programs at cheese by housing projects. You know, there were cultural enrichment activities, you know, that they were, they understood because that he he knew the the mission of the of the organization yeah. knows that the families the families that sustain this ag industry you know deserve quality housing yeah quality housing i don't want to say i mean affordable yes obviously but quality man you know and and he <laughs> that that he 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 was there he was there and he'd show up you know and yeah, you know, we, he's not physically here with us now, but man, yeah. Like, like you said, we're, you're step the, the, that responsibility to step up, yeah. um, you know, and help us, you know, start turning that soil to, to, to learn more about his impact, his story, the, what he was able to, I guess, uh, you know, again, back to the, the, those spaces, homes, you know, like, I think you're, we're going to find out in these next few years just how many lives were, were impacted or like not impacted, positively impacted, but so many stories and so many things that are going to come out or positive stories about Alfred that are, our generation is going to have the responsibility to, to document. Yeah. You know, there, there's very few people that I, that I was just like, hold on. I need to, I'm like, I don't care who the guest is or what the topic is. I'm going to start the show with acknowledging that what what happened. And because the, again, to, yeah, like, like you're saying, I, it's one of those, it's the, the impact will be felt later, but at the same time, like I said, I feel motivated. I feel ready. I, when I, when I was like, okay, I, I don't know why I decided I'm like, okay, I'm one of those people, you know, that, that he helped and I need to step up. It didn't feel like, Oh shit, it's kind of scary. You know, like it felt like, all right. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So Chaco. What's happening? <laughs> What's going on, dude? Going on? How you been living through this through this the pandemic? Last, what, like since March twenty twenty. Um, yeah. It's a yeah. it's a lost year. Yeah. We're la- a year and a half. I mean, what? Like that was uh the third month into the year twenty twenty. Now we're in the eight we're already almost over the eighth in well into the eighth month of 2021 so yeah we're like yeah we're we're in that it feels like a long longer time right i have a calendar at work and it tells me the days left in the year like excluding working days 
And it's like 93 days. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that was like on Wednesday. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's how many days are left in the excluding, well, the weekends and holidays, basically. Like, oh, damn. Out of the 365. (laughs) So, but what do you, how, as a performer, what do you do? What have you been doing if you can't be out there or have you been out there doing stuff? Uh, You know, uh, it's, as a performer, I guess, I can, you know, I'm going to say, you know, got to put it out there, you know, you know, shout out to the Bakhtun 12 family, Alfred and Cristal Avila. They've, they've been putting together the B12 live show, you know, one of the, one of the many podcasts, Hell yeah. you know. Um, I absolutely love how many podcasts are, are, <laughs> are, are exist and not only exist, but also in this area. Right. I would tell everybody, like, do it. I don't care if I have one. It's impossible, basically, for you to do one exactly like mine. Yeah, no. So it's, do one. Get your voice and, out and, there. And it's exciting, right? And and I, you know, that was supposed to be a, supposed to be a, a TV show. And the week of <laughs> the week that we shut down, it was like we were ready to go in, film it. It was gonna be like you know, oh, it's like a talk show, a, you know, variety, some musica, some. Teatro, right you know yeah you know and you know i was i was filling the slot of host and boom we shut down i was like oh, okay uh all right now what all right so let's they we we, we regrouped you know under the leadership of cristal and and freddie you know we, we put it on audio and i think i think we were at episode seven or eight that we were able to bring it back shot live at an undisclosed location um, underground that's why we're selena's underground dude <laughs> that's, that's right it's underground bro. fuck yeah you can't know where that's at it's underground uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, dude. exactly you know let's keep that mystery man. yeah make that mystery and yeah man that, that you know i i what was that it was july 24th that we got to shoot that episode the handro el, el flaco was there or Flaco Alejandro, <laughs> Flaco Alejandro was there. We had great music, great local musician. The one, probably the hottest, right, right, yeah. one of our hottest, like, like you know, homegrown. Yeah, fuck yeah. Shout out to shout out to Alejandro. Este, um, we had a city council member Carlo Gonzalez, city council member Anthony Rocha, the Milpistas, Aaron Coronado, Bernie Gomez, and then uh, the B twelve Teatristas. A theater crew doing a, a piece uh, that Cristal Avila put together called Public Comment, you know? So, you know, Public Comment, you know, City Hall and all of that. Yeah. Um, so that's that was basically performance-wise. So, if I, you know, if, I'm, um, if I may, I may plug the yeah, 12 Live that's show. That's why you're here, baby. Right on. <laughs> there it is. Well, and so how can I, I want to listen to it. I want to watch it. What, how do I? Batum12.com. You, you, you oh, can start there, yeah. you know, or go to our Go to our Instagram, it's B12, uh, or at Bakhtin12. I think it's, yeah. But you, you can type it in, Bakhtin12.com. You'll find it there. Dude, that's, yeah, that's cool. Because we got some international listeners, and they're like, man, we need more info about Salinas. And, and uh, yeah, dude, Bakhtin12.com. Check, dude, that's fucking. I want, and what, when does it come out? It's it got posted, bro. Yeah, I think it got posted last night or this today. I, I I saw it on the Instagram today. Like you know, that's again, that's you know, Freddie and Cristal and the B twelve crew. I, I'm I'm not I'm not so much uh, into the 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 daily operation of it right now. Not since April when I officially took on a different role 
under building healthy communities. I got, oh, okay. I got a new title now. <laughs> I'm, I'm a neighborhood organizer, not an artistic director, but a neighborhood organizer for building healthy communities. Oh, okay. So you had, so you switched, but back, but you're still part of Bakhtun. Still, still a, part of Bakhtun 12. And I'm actually right now there. working with the Ohlone Kosano and Esalen Nation tribal chairwoman, Louise Miranda Ramirez. Esalen, the Esalen, the, the indigena of this region, man, like, we are putting together an excerpt of the play called Ia, the Esalen Remember, a piece I got. I, I was blessed to to be a part of or help actually write a, a play with the tribal chairwoman of this, of the Ohlone Costanoan Esalen Nation back in, started in two, 2014. We did a reading at CSUMB World Theater in 2015. And then we had a run, a, a, we did it here, 2017, just a reading, right? Just a reading. And we did it over in a, the Macla space in San Jose, right around that same, t 2017. Yeah. And now, right now, we're, we're getting ready to do just an excerpt of it for the bell removal that's going to take place in Santa Cruz on the 27th, this Friday, the 27th. And 28th is the bell removal. And what I mean by the bell removal Talking about the El Camino Royale bells. Yeah, I figured that was well, and that's in okay. Yeah, so we mentioned those in our episode about the highway that goes through Salinas, and because that's one of those things that my whole life I thought, oh, that's El Camino Real. That was like literally like made by the Spanish, and that was the fucking the King's Highway. Yeah, and it was very royal and like paved <laughs> and wide or whatever. Yeah, and you grow up and you learn the real history. Come and think of it, it's 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 not. It was a marketing stunt from like eighty years ago or something. Mm -hmm. From I, I'm not gonna go as far as saying not a, a racist organization, but you know whatever they're trying to promote. I mean. Say it, I mean, bro. well, say that, it. can you say the R word here? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I can't, but I mean, really, they're trying to because they they say it's like American exceptionalism, you know, like oh, mm, we're trying to promote, uh, you know, we're trying to pr promote the West. Yeah, because isn't that who it was? I think it was the Daughters of the West that originally put those up, and it was in the 1900s. And there was, I mean, there probably there was routes that connected the different missions and pueblos or whatever in california but there was no like highway 101 i5 type shit like there was no right. there was no defined thing if you went back to the 1700s or whatever and as for the camino real people would tell you what the fuck are you talking about like you take that goat path and it takes you to the deer path and then you follow that like, you know san carlos borromeo carmel mission to what they they designed those to be one day away from each other right yeah. You know, so what was what's the nearest one away from Carmel, right? The nearest one, you could probably point to Soledad and then you point up north to San Juan Bautista, you know. So, you know, so use your imagination. How'd y'all get there, right? Like you had to cross over the Santa Lucias and then you had to cross over into the, the Gavilanes, right? So, and those weren't even the names of those. Of yeah. those. They had their own names. Salinas, you know, Salinas is called Ensign. That's the that's the indigenous name of this region right here, Ensen, E N S E N. We're I think we're we're lucky to have at least some clues because because folks like Luis Miranda Ramirez and other representatives of like the tribes, the Salinan tribe, the Costanoan peoples, the Rumson peoples, the Amamutsuns, they somehow were able to 
they had to keep their information, right? They yeah. had to kind of hold on to their information. Somehow, I mean, we, we're fortunate that, that they didn't get, it didn't get totally erased by, by the missions, by, by the colonization, bro. Yeah, well, and that's also another, because I remember being a kid and doing and having to do the little model of the mission. I was so fourth fucking, grade mission fucking pump. Yeah. I was so sad that I couldn't go to Michael's and get the little box, you know, uh, and you just put it together like my, like Legos and instant. shit. Yeah, I would see it, but I was like, no, we can't afford that shit. She was there buying yarn or something to make us fucking the gloves. Stick, the, the popsicle stick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it ended up being a popsicle stick one, of course, which was that's all right. But yeah, I remember it was totally taught as like this proud moment of california history of like this is how our state was founded you know these pioneers that lived this rugged life and it was like what the fuck those were slave stations and okay when you grow yeah when you grow up and and you're like wait these these natives didn't want to be there like they like and they didn't want to be there and the population around those around those missions was severely impacted man i mean like they it was decimated pretty i'm not not completely but that's where they got, you know, that got, that's where the most damage was done. And I'm not, I'm not trying to purport to be some kind of, of historian or anything, you know, that, that knows every, everything about this area. But the Spanish, they, they brought dairies, you know, they, they brought wheat production. They, they brought these things that, that California, they, you could do them in California, but they weren't it's not responsible you know there it doesn't rain it rains a foot a year yeah. here you know which is not a lot i don't know where you are but it probably rains more than a foot a year even if it's somewhere dry here it rains a foot a year that's where like after 300 years more i mean what was it 16 you know 16 1620 1770 they they landed on here in california like in cali right 1770 um not monterey you can point to like 1500s 1600s where Monterey was, was founded in 1776. 1770 was yeah, yeah, right? But 1770 was the was when the Carmel mission was established. Yeah. That's crazy. People on the and another thing about history, man, people were fighting on the East Coast Revolutionary War or whatever. People think that's where American history started. Like mm-hmm. there was and it was it was still colonization, don't get me wrong. It was European colonization here in this area, but it's like People talk like everything started in Lexington or, or Boston. Speaking of Boston, before we started recording, Plymouth Rock. But it was just like, dude, Monterey. That uh, you can go visit right now. You go to Canary Row and eat some overpriced fucking food. It was founded the same year that this country was fucking founded, yeah. where everybody yeah. swears history started. Now, anyway, but but getting back to that, to how what we're seeing now here, living in California with the effects of climate change and how every year seems to be the biggest fire on record i i I have my cousins are now evacuated you know who live up in northeastern california sacramento area northeastern it's uh i think it's the 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 cedar fire i don't even know which which one it it was no that was the second what was the first one susanville biggest one susanville yeah susanville Ooh, yeah Up, up in that area and a couple years ago their parents my aunt and uncle had to fire swept through redding oh man, that, that was that was hard well, man because i well i went there months after it happened because again it, it burned the paradise fire no it was at that same time yeah but it was set it was separate right. 
that's what was crazy is so so my aunt when she just like they just evacuated so they were going to evacuate to susanville as where my cousins live but that's where the paradise thing was going on so dude it, it, it was this man but it was so eerie being there three or four months after it happened because it was a natural disaster you know like it, it was so weird you see them on tv all the time the tornadoes or explosions or whatever the hell it might be but but just going through a neighborhood and just burnt house burnt house burnt house and then what was crazy is perfectly immaculate house burnt house burnt house perfectly immaculate perfectly immaculate perfect then burnt and theirs again it was just their backyard their shed everything wow. burned back you there that, that the house itself yeah and, and it's reading it's always quiet you know but there was so, another kind of eerie stillness because the neighborhood there were literally not people there they couldn't even live in tents or anything like it was it was everything was burned so just driving through the neighborhoods and seeing that destruction and the the, the quietness and just it was it was weird and and again going back to our original thought about the the, the natives and and keeping their knowledge and how lucky we are to have even some words of what these areas are called is they probably had knowledge of living here with fires you know (laughs) they probably knew something about that it would be very helpful to have right now they were here for twelve thousand years bro (laughs) yeah like twelve thousand years how long have uh how long has this been colonized right right we just said 1776 (laughs) you know hundreds of years there's trees older than that yeah you know, I, 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 do we do math? Do we know? Do we understand what math is? That, is that complicated math? I don't. I mean, am I the one to ask that question? Yeah, no. It, then that that's where I, I think it's it's so cool and it's so important that we understand that, dude. In Itoro Park, and I don't, I and I, I hope it survived the fire. I know most of that park burned, but I don't know if you ever went to it. But if you keep going in the on the main road. You keep going all the way, just follow it straight. It takes you to like an RV park. Hmm. It's a public RV park, but it seems, you know, but it seems private. But you go there and there are, there's, Olone, you said that there was the local, the, the local natives. There's, there was a hut or a whatever. I don't want to call it a teepee. That just sounds disrespectful. But a, a, a living quarter hmm. with, and it, and it was there, it was built apparently, uh, you know, like the, the how it looked before and had all this information about this and there was an overlook and you could see a bunch of turkeys and stuff and i was just like why why do they take us to someone about these time like we always go to that field trip you know it's like why don't we do this i didn't yeah. even know that existed wow i i, I gotta check that one out uh, yeah dude yeah. and it, it's free that's what blew my, I'm, I'm like knocking my headphones out i say that because it's a monterey county park so obviously you you do got to pay like whatever six bucks to get in and pay it man the parks are worth it the beautiful parks yeah pay your six dollars if you can afford it once you're there yeah it seems because it, it there's an of uh, rv campground so it seems like a private thing but again it's in a county park so it's all pu- public yeah and yeah, it's it's their visitor center to the RV center, but it says, oh, these are the Olone. They lived around here. This is one of their like it's like normal size. Like you could walk into it. Like it's wow. it's built like a, like a regular out. size thing. And yeah, it, I was I was blown away that 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 existed. But anyway, it, I think it's so important, and you know, especially like we were talking about the, the podcasting and the type of medium it is, and and you know the, the knowledge you can share because dude. Some of these that are especially that are passed down like orally, like once that last person knows that story, it's forever yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah, it's forever gone. Mm-hmm. But anyway, almost thirty minutes into this, I, I really want to shift gears a little bit. <laughs> Go for it, bro. Because I I love this, and I, I, listeners they know this show. 
They they know what they got themselves into. They they, they know how how I do. But for the people that don't know or might not know who you are, they're like, man, I love this Bakhtun Twelve. I love his stories. But who is he? Uh, yeah. So so let's rewind a little bit. About personally, who is Chago? Where does he come from? Were you born in Salinas? Yeah, yeah, I was. Grew up on the 700 block of Tout Street and blessed enough to meet my beautiful wife, you know, Rosa Esperanza Gonzalez. We, you know, we were able to come back, come back to the 93905, District 4. <laughs> now, yeah. once back, we're in District 1. But, and right know, before that, no districts. And Dude, that, 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 no, I remember was that was the, no districts. You remember so that? Like, okay, district? yeah, because I was in the late 80s, and I was yeah. born in 87. So I remember, that's another thing that... You know, again, I don't. I'm sorry to step on your toes here, but but like, dude, the, speaking of political power and all this stuff, like at large elections, yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. Which is whoever's got the most money wins, you know. Yeah, and much. we didn't, we don't have the money, yeah. And and that's how it was. If you look before, and not to disparage anybody before, not to say that oh, every single council before that was bad or anything, but it just was not equal. It was not uh, representative of who the people actually were. I mean, you know, and the work. That it had to take to to establish that Joaquin Avila, if if you look him up, Joaquin Avila, uh, he was straight out of Compton. This Chicano lawyer, uh, he graduated from Harvard. He pretty much was the one who was able to move these cases, these violations of the Voting Rights Act that was passed back in 1965. Yeah. Right? You know, there was all this movement in, in Texas, the Southwest voter registration movement. And then, it, you know, that that movement picked up, you know, in Cali. It took it. It took some time to get here. And it was like it took like 20 years for the politicization of the, the, the Mexicano Chicano community to take shape and for those districts to be formed, to be to be designed they're not perfect. And, you know, we're we, after this census, I know that the city, I know that every government, governing body, school districts, county districts, they're all doing a redistricting. They all yeah. got to go do their own redistricting thing. But that story, bro, I mean, obviously it'll probably be for another podcast in the, in the future. But, yeah, I just got to mention the man's name, Joaquin Avila. Yeah, I mean, on his Wikipedia, it says in Gomez versus City of Watsonville, 1965, yeah. man. You can, find, <laughs> you can go on the C-SPAN archive. And you will find residents of Salinas being represented in the Supreme Court case. And there you have, you have, uh, what's his, who, um, Sandra Locke, Sandra Day O'Connor. I think there's a Ginsburg in there. Some of these names of these, these Supreme Court, like, figures Alan? at the time. What's his name? Uh, Clarence Thomas. You know, yeah. he's still there. He was the one dissenting vote in that case. Clarence Thomas, right? Clarence Thomas, if you don't know who he is, you know, we can, that's another, that's another uh, rabbit hole we can, we can all go down later. <laughs> oh, okay. no, I was going to say, uh, we're going down it? No. Uh, but anyway, so I want to get back to, so you, the, where your, your upbringing, the 700 block of Tout, so that, is that closer to Alisal? Yeah, in that that, area? like, it's crazy because uh, back in the day, it was, it was between Bywise and the old lane. <laughs> now it's between Cesar Chavez Elementary and Del Mar y Plaza, right? Actually, La Michoacana has always been there. And just a shout out to, to my compadre, 
la Victor Martinez, the Martinez family, the owners of La Michoacana. They got over, I think maybe almost 40 something, over 40 something years. One of the oldest like uh, uh, Mexicano owned businesses here in Salinas, bro. Yeah. So, and you know, but um, yeah, that, that block is right there. Domani. Yeah, right next to Alice Elementary. And like I said, though, it's, there's a Cesar Chavez Elementary now. There were all nothing but fields back there before. Folks who know, know what I'm talking about. And we used to go through the back, the old lane. If anybody knows what the old lane is, remember the old lane? You know, we'd go through the back to get to Alice High. And there was this place called The Rock. And it was just a little uh, where the sewage was. You can see where the sewage, like one of those sewer holes, right? Yeah. Um, because it was fields, right? There was Eric. It was just it was Campos right there, and that rock. You know, if you depending on who you're talking to, bro, you know, you're like, do you remember the rock? And you know, it's like you know, you you saw you saw homies there, pretty much posted up <laughs> before school, you know, and then after school, and like they were if they were still there, it was because they didn't leave, right? They were there, yeah. the whole day, right? you know, and just you you could say that there's maybe like one or two, maybe one or two, three generations of that. But if you look at an old map, it would say Sherwood Lane. And somehow I'm like, oh, Sherwood Lane. Somehow somebody called it the old lane. Uh, you know, and so some we know how things get kind of lost yeah. in, in translation. Point is, bro, yeah, it was once the old lane. I remember there were 11 white families on that block. Right, like I, I'm looking at you, like, yeah. dude, there were 11 white families yeah. on that block, bro, um, and they were they were of Oki descent, right, or <laughs> Oki descent, yeah, they were, o o you know, from Oklahoma, like that whole culture was was still pretty much there when I I remember growing up in the 70s, and you know, you if you go down the street, go down to Delmani, and you see a street called New Deal. And it's obviously like, you know, we know of our, our American history here. FDR you know, shit. It's like Franklin <laughs> Delano Roosevelt, the New Deal, right? Yeah. Like the Depression era. You're going to, you notice, you notice that there are so many of these small type of houses on big lots, right? Like that was a, that was part of that New Deal, man. I mean, there was shanties and again, you know, I, I and there's, I'm not like a hardcore historian, but <laughs> you know, some of this history that I do through the research because of the, some of the work that I've done, you know, sticks with me. Right. So, and then you just get to imagine a Pueblo of hard working, you know, immigrants from the Midwest, you know, Okies, yeah. right. And the Spencer family was one of the last, one of the last Oki families on that block. You know, Paz Descanse, my pops who passed away in 2013, um, in May, actually, I'm sorry, in April of that year, in December of that year, Mrs. Spencer, she, she passed away and that they were the one Oki family that, that welcomed my parents when they, when they came to that home, when they bought that home for 50,000, no, $11,000 in 1968. Damn. So that's that I say all this, bro, because, you know, Mrs. Sanders used to take care of me. Right. She was Mrs. The Sanders family used to take care of me. There was a Jean from down the block or next door. Oh, uh, uh, Jean, uh, Jim, 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 Jim. There were a, a couple of families, man. Like, I, you know, and that's that's what I that's where I was. That's where I came from, you know. Go and for did it. you go to, you went to Alisal High? Alisal High, uh, Alisal Elementary, Alisal Middle School, and Alisal Junior High, which, um, you know, it's, 
you, we were talking about earlier, what was is the, the the name of the baseball player? Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Yeah. You know, El Cicel Junior High School was the school that um, this young man in the 40s, I believe, or the young man, a boy, right? Boy in the 40s, late 40s, mid late 40s, went to school there. He was of Mexican and of, I think, Irish descent. His father was probably one of the Okies that came through. Yeah. Um, went on a field trip to Cal, Berkeley, and he was, you know, just blown away. It's like in the late 40s, it was like mid late 40s, right? Like, I was like, wow, I could be, I could, I could be wrong. We got to do some research around this. But he tripped out because he was like, I'm coming to school here. He saw it. He, they, you know, he was on this field trip and goes, I'm going to come to school here. This is where I'm going to come. I'm going to play football here. And that's what he did. He came, he played football there, and he took Cal Berkeley the only one time to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. He was a quarterback. He, uh, he went on to play for the Canadian League. I forgot the name of the And the, the Detroit Lions, too. Well, you're talking about Joe Cap. I'm talking about Joe Cap. Okay, yeah, well, so a couple episodes ago, we had uh, Nacho Ornelas on, who is a historian from Salinas, and he's got a movement to rename the athletic field after him at, at El Cicel because yeah. he was like, dude, he's, he's Joe Cap Sanchez, I believe. I think it's Sanchez. I think I. I'm not sure. You know, yeah, you're, I, yeah, I, no, I'm learning from. I now. think it's yeah. Oh well, because he's yeah, he's so at okay, Stanford nice. now, but he's he's actually he got his PhD at UC Santa Cruz. Wow. But uh, but he's a historian. Yeah, you should. I, I'm not even trying to plug my show, but you should listen to that episode. I'm gonna listen to that show. And I'll and I'll connect you with him because Please. yeah, because he's doing that. But he he's also very respectful. He's from Salinas, so he knows. He's like, well, I'm at Stanford right now. I can't just plop in and just tell the community like, hey, guess what? This is, I want you to name this now. You know, he's like, I want to educate them as why that is. He's like, I think it'd be good. You know, for the kids that go to that school to to know that it's named after this legend. Again, he has his his numbers retired by the Detroit Lions. Like that ain't this, you know they don't. Was, uh, this man was uh, what he was uh, responsible for the play, right? No, he was. I don't. Th- he wasn't in the play. No, the play, the play, the 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 big play between Cal Berkeley and Stanford. No, he was already re- retired much after that. Joe Cap? Yeah, yeah, because he was, yeah, because the, the play coach? happened in the Wasn't 80s. he the coach? Oh, okay, I don't know. He was the coach. That. Oh, was the okay, coach. was he? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, well, yeah. I, he, we can interview, we can interview him. Well, not, Nacho said, dude, he's like, do you want to interview him? He's still, you know, he still lives. He's he like, has he a does. book. I haven't had a chance. I, I got the book from my suegro once, and I was like, I'm going to got to read that book. Well, yeah, I, I'm, well, he says, that, like, he does suffer from dementia now. He's like, but yeah. but he's still sharp. He's like, when, when, you know, when he recalls his stories, like, and he, the thing about him is that while he doesn't, he lives in the Bay Area now, and he went to Cal, and then his career was elsewhere, he all, he says he looks back fondly at his time in Salinas, because he really, he graduated from, like, Texas, you know, like, by the time he, he the end of his high school, he came about, he was already, his family was living in Texas, but he is like, no, I'm from Salinas. I see myself as a Chicano from Salinas. And in like 1974, Sports Illustrated called him the toughest, toughest Chicano. Chicano. 
Which again, if you look back, it's it's, it's pretty outdated. It's pretty outdated. On sports, the cover of sports, yeah, but he's like, and that me in the seventies, that meant something, you know, like yeah, they, yeah. They, they didn't just put any, anybody there. And again, and leading Cal to the Rose Bowl, which was the last time Cal went to the Rose Bowl, and getting his number retired by Detroit. It's going back, you know, we've been talking about history a lot in this show. That's one of those that the hundreds of kids that go to El Sasal that started probably this week have probably have no idea. No idea. They're, they're, they're walking the same halls. And 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 that's that's like to, to just kind of bring it back. To, it's like I didn't know how much value our own school sites have. Right. Like, you know, like if there's there's something really important that you know, if if we're learning about this, what kind of history do we need to learn? And if we can learn about our neighborhood and our schools and the folks that came from these places, it's like that matters. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. And because I I kind of delayed a bit there because and speaking with Nacho because Nacho teaches ethnic studies at a at a high school in East San Jose. So I was like, oh, man, have you been following our little ethnic studies spat that we got going on down here? And he's like, oh, I've been following it closely. So I was like, dude, tell me as a historian, like you're an academic dog, like tell me what is this? And and he was, again, very made that point to be like your local history. It's like it, it teaches you so much, you know, if you learn locally and he's like, it's, it sucks that it again, it's not always nice, you know, but it's history. You can't, you can't change what it is. But again, but if you know locally, again, I know way more about Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson than I do about this Jack's guy that, that invented Monterey Jack cheese, you know, and he wasn't a good guy now that I know my fucking history, but it, they're great stories. They're real history and they affect me a lot more. I have that, you know, the, the illustrated history of the Salinas Valley, my Monterey County history books, and you're reading about Sheriff Carl Abbott and you're like, what the fuck? There's Abbott Street, right? Is one of the biggest fucking streets, you know? And it's and San the Juan Grid. community of that time. That's the next big one. I mean, That's, he I, came well, in and smashed on the on the Filipino labor union. Yeah, I you know, and, and, and the Filipinos were forty percent of the ag workforce in the valley. But yeah, dude. And <laughs> I'm here. I am going down this rabbit hole, bro. Sorry. No, I well, I yeah, because I. <laughs> Because I don't want to fully go because I, I, I want to do either an episode or a whole nother podcast or whatever, because when you even talk about labor unions in general, especially locally, it's the Filipinos. I, I know at the moment, this is a Mexican town now. It's 80% Latino, but like I say, it's all Mexican. Come on, it's real. It's 80% Mexican. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it 80, like it's like 90, man. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a hot, like, you know, mid 90s up there. It's Yeah, it's it's deep. But when you look back at history and especially local labor history at the UFW and everything, if you keep going back and back, it starts with the Filipinos. Yep. It was the Fili- yep. Filipinos that, that said. Exactly. No. this is, And, bro, they were, they were, when they were organizing in Delano, the average age of the Filipino farm worker was about 50 something, 40s, late 40s, 50s. The, the campesino at the time was, you know, they were young, you know, they were young. They were just, it's because they had already, because they've been in this struggle since yeah. then, you know, way back when they were ready for it. It was the Filipinos who, who stepped out first 
and they and then they took like they they said they said what's up Caesar let's go let's yeah. do this Larry Itliong right Larry Itliong right Philip Veracruz um I know there's more names but that that piece of history bro like you know talking to, talk about humble bro like talk about that humilde being like that you're like wow we didn't know yeah <laughs> well there was a, a paper printed in Salinas it was called the Manila Daily Journal. Was it the Manila? Philippines. The Philip. The I know what you're talking about. But and if, it was the longest running Filipino American newspaper in the country. Yeah, straight out of Salinas and straight <laughs> out, of, and out of Chinatown. Out of Chinatown and the Philippines Mail or something like that. Yeah, the Philippines Mail. I the think that. Yeah, Mail, that sounds bro, right. Yeah. Like, you know, and you're like, wow, this is some pretty like it's it's Dude, half a mile, less than half a mile from where we're sitting right now. And, and and they're like the on the cover, it's like there's some real like it's it's pretty it feels pretty radical. But then he was like, well, radical? No, it's just honest, right? Because it was their take, yeah. their narrative. For, well, the Philippines, Mel, bro, we got <laughs> yeah that that someone deserves... got out. <laughs> Let's well, digitize I, I, that. Yeah, well, because yeah, well, and there are some. Some versions of there out there, not not too much, but yeah, that's man. We've been doing more history stuff episodes, and people love them, and that's definitely one that I have been not. Yeah, the the Filipino and in due time, community. Bro, I mean, it's gonna you'll know, like, because yeah, watch, it's gonna. Uh, folks who are listening now, they're probably gonna say, "Hey, you know what? We should uh, contact. We should email this guy and get on this because they're feeling it." And yeah. hey, full disclosure, bro, I'm an ethnic studies instructor, adjunct faculty for Hartnell Community College. We are now currently organizing our Salinas Valley Ethnic Studies Conference. Um, it's probably I don't know, maybe our fourth one that we've done. The last one we did was in January 2020, right before the pandemic. Yeah. And this next one, we're doing it live in person at the Al at the Hartnell Alisal campus, September 17th and 18th, Salinas Valley Ethnic Studies. I'll send you a something. Yeah, no, I'm down. I want to check out that new roundabout by Barden. <laughs> The new roundabout <laughs> by Barden. Oh, you they want, finally oh, fixed that oh, shit, yeah. dude. Hey, it's funny you mentioned Barden. Nah, just kidding. Mm -hmm. We won't go there yet. Oh, I've brought that up on the podcast, man. That guy brought slaves to Salinas, or at and least a them, slave. Kept them and kept them for 10 years. Yeah. Without even telling. Yeah, because the, they lost the war, so he came here and didn't tell them. I, oh, no, I brought that up. I brought that up on one of our history things. I, I When I came across that, I'm like, what? Exactly. How could we be in this era where they, they try to name it after... Um, what was the school on the east side that caused uh, yeah that caused a whole fucking ruckus had to change the name of the school but yet let's the, honor a slave owner yeah, instead right not just a school a street a like street yeah. his he had hospitals named after him yeah he had capital bro and and also and and don't get me wrong i'm not just gonna say he's just a terrible person yeah he was a philanthropist or whatever. And, but to me, what bothers me is like, how did you accumulate that wealth? You know, by owning other human beings. Like, I, I'm sorry. Cool. Cool with do for the hospital or, do or whatever. Do you really have to say sorry? Well, I'm not saying sorry. No, you're not saying yeah, no, sorry. I'm sorry. Right, right. Yeah, right. well, it's, but yeah, it feels, right. But 
I'm, I, I say that because I say that too, bro. Because I was like, yeah. man, like I, I feel bad. I feel like, oh my God, here I am talking about things that I shouldn't be talking about because it's, it's going to make everybody uncomfortable here, right? Like, so I just, just want to say yeah. thank you for that, brother. Yes. Okay. But yeah, it sucks when you just read a book, right? And you're just like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not adding any opinion to it. Like, here's the book. Here's the book that I read it from. Like, I'm sorry that it upsets you. And I, and I get, like, but like his, History history is made by people, man. People are are we make mistakes. Add insult to injury. I'm in this. I'm in this uh, online conference call for the Critical Mission Studies Project uh, through the University of California, and here are people like they're showing their projects, all their research, and this one person just decides to do all the names of schools that use Native American mascots. And it's like, oh, you see the map. Bing! Barden Chieftains. <laughs> Damn. Like, yeah, that's... I don't know. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's one, again, because yeah. if you had a, a somebody from the school board here, they'd be like, you know that wasn't intentional or whatever. And it's like, yeah, intent. Okay, well, then, intent okay, well, all right. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, the, in, the intent might have not been that, but the results are that. And the unintended and that, consequence, right? Like. Exactly. Yeah. You, what's our re- response? So then, what's our responsibility? You know, and you know, are we ready to engage all the students? We're talking how many years, man? It you know, we're a lot of years of this culture that came out of or folks that came out of that culture where that was their identity, right? So post George Floyd, you know, COVID, right? Like. Well, and yeah, are we re- are we ready to challenge that? Well, and uh, again, yeah, well, yeah, exactly that. Like, say you're a, a little blackhead on the east side going to Barden, going to Barden school, and the teacher's te- teaching you that history is, or that slavery is bad, and you know this other information, and you just you say, hey, well, if it's so bad, why is this school named after a slave owner, and why is the street that the school is on? How does that teacher answer that? You know, and it's it's not the teacher's responsibility, but is it not the teacher's responsibility? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I would, I would think it would be. And then is it not the school board? Well, and is it not like the? You know what I mean? It's well. What sucks is, I guess the teacher. If the teacher got real, they'd be like, "Nope, you were off curriculum. You're in trouble." You know, the teacher can't be like, "All right, I didn't know you know that. Let's be real." Let's get, you know, they'd be like, nope, it is August 27th. On August 27th, you have to be teaching that Columbus discovered America. And everyone from from uh, Chula Vista to Wairica is all learning that on the same fucking day because we have standardized testing. And, and, and what, is, and what is the teacher there for, right? Uh, yeah, like, exactly. What is the point of, the t- of teaching then, right? Like, are you here to, are you, are you here to disqualify, discredit, like... That kid, that young kid, the young black kid, the the Mexican kid, right? The, you know, all these kids, the Asian kid, right? Like those that are going to have, I mean, because we know, you know where I'm going with this, right? It's like um, our history, right? You know, if we're taught at a young, at that early of an age that our history doesn't matter, then why the fuck do we want to go to school anymore? Dude. And I and somehow we're we're taught that all because of a a, of a fourteen year old birthday at Santana Row that I had in San Jose that wow. blew my mind. So my my buddy's kid turned fourteen or fifteen, might have been fifteen because it was a big one. We go to. 
there's a restaurant called Fogo de Chao in Santana Row in San Jose. And for those that don't know, Santana Row is a very ritzy, high class area. Fogo de Chao is a Brazilian steakhouse. It's amazing. It's all you can eat. Steakhouse. Yeah, dude. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's like sixty bucks all you can eat. Whoa. And it's all you can eat, and it's just like 12 different kinds of meat. You're going to stay there all day. Yeah, yeah. They don't care, and the service is amazing. And the 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 staff, everybody shares tips. Mm. So at the end of the night, everyone gets the tips divided equally. And so everyone treats you awesome because they don't care. You know, They're not trying to get the fat tip or whatever. They're going to, if they all treat you great, they're all going to get a bigger tip at the end of the night. So it's excellent service. Anyway, we pull in. Dude, it's fucking Maseratis. It's Mercedes. It's ferraris it's it, this outrageously crazy thing it's silicon valley and yeah yeah exactly and out it's in south. silicon valley yeah, yeah. yeah out on the town but he's the the kid was basically like man like i forget how he prefaced it of of like basically like it doesn't matter you know all all this stuff basically i don't need to absorb any of this and that is like why and he's like well because mexicans don't have things like this you know like basically like this is we're literally like physically barred from these type of situations like he couldn't fathom in his head that and i'm not you know and you know he couldn't fathom that at some point he would ever have enough money to where this is a neighborhood that you know he wouldn't just come once in his lifetime for a birthday like this is you know where he lived but that's at 14 you know, at 14, somehow he already had in his head that these are separate places that are, they're basically sacred. And if we come in, we are lucky that they are, allow, are allowing us into their place. And, but don't try to interact with anybody because we don't belong here. And, That's some profound and, yeah. shit. Bro. And then again, and then props to the dad because my buddy was just like, what the fuck are you? No, <laughs> you're wrong. Like Mexican, there's Mexicans here. Like Mexicans come here too. Like, no, anyone, like we can make it here as well. Like, and yeah, and it's so, that wasn't, you know, the whole time up there, we weren't having some talk of like, oh, white people keeping us, fuck, do we just listen to music, you know? But as soon as he saw that, he he somehow automatically in his head knew like, nope, we are excluded from this. There was no signs that said no Mexicans or anything, but he knew. And how how is it, you know, uh, how can he understand something beyond that experience, right? Because he was speaking his truth. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I can see, yeah, your pops being like, or his pops be like, you know, I, you know, have react, like just respond to that with like, you know, this, this, just this, this confidence, you know, that no, right. Da, 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 boom, boom, boom. Like, but at the same time, it's like, these are, they're both very valid points, right? The yeah. kid and his dad. Yeah, no, because those are, are very d- difficult places for us too. I mean, to be, to be quite honest, if we were to go there and then take a poll of the people that had apartments there, how many of them would be Mexican, you know, yeah. or Latino? Fuck, expand yeah. it into that, you yeah. know. It would it would be a, a minute amount. And, Very, and if they were, how many of them? How many of them are first generation though? Like you know, how many yeah. they're most likely first generation? They've they they're like the first generation of you know. That was an inherited wealth. There was no inheritance going on. Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm generalizing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we we weren't there, but more than likely, <laughs> more than likely. But anyway, 
I want to wrap this up because I've been we've been kind of bouncing in and out. It's kind of cool now that I think about it. I've, again, your Selena's history because well, and it's kind of neat because I I grew up not a guy grew. I always say I grew up because I say oh that gives me street cred saying I, I I spent time on the east side. <laughs> but my first ten years I lived on the east side, yeah. so from eighty seven to ninety seven, like I say, where about and uh, on Laurel actually between town and Sanborn. Oh wow! So so wow. um. So yeah, yeah, kind of right around the block, kind of from where you, where you are. I mean, I that's that's a that's a. I mean, I'm it's dance. It's it's <laughs> dancing, you know. As I yeah, that was Isaiah yeah. Park. I was right. I li- I yeah. Well, I was eleven fifteen East Laurel, right across the street from that park. And and then there's Brenda Rodriguez Mendoza. Yeah, well, and and to me, and, and yes, as well. But Irma de la Torre, Irma, Irma de, de la, la Torre. Torre. That was the block where she was from. She well, where the cops killed her was was right there on Tout and Laurel. I remember because I remember that house. It's all apartments in that neighborhood. You know, she I didn't lived in one of the only houses there. So the the van that she was parked in was in a driveway outside of the house. That's why it, it caught my attention in two thousand nine when it happened originally. Oh God, was that years later? Like and. Well, and yeah, well, and then because she was having an epileptic seizure, yeah. and my mom su- suffers from epilepsy, and that was the very first time that it made it real to me. Because my mom, when she has epileptic seizures, she doesn't like seize like what you would traditionally think of like someone shaking or whatever falling. She will sometimes turn into a different person. It's this kind of aggressive person. She's, it's weird. She usually lost. Like we're late, we're late. Like let's go somewhere. And I've seen her because I, I we used to work together at Home Depot. Because that's how Mexicans do. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We actually had aprons. We weren't outside, like trying to get jobs. <laughs> that's I mean, just to, yeah, just yeah. Put it. It was all that. around Mexicans, yeah. and uh, so I would see her sometimes. You know, have it was very rare, but she would have again. Well, we call them episodes, but it said they were epileptic seizures, and customers would be like, because she would just kind of like walk through them like i'm late to something and they'd be like what the f- who like that it was very rude and she wouldn't communicate back with them so they would be getting upset and i would have to go over and you know try to calm my mom down and get her out of it and she had no idea what the hell happened you know after that so when and again really quick refresher i know this is kind of back-to-back weeks talking about police shootings but it's a reality of, of our life right now mm-hmm. Ir- irma de la torre was killed in 2009 by the salinas police she was having an epileptic seizure and her, her family called 911 the first responders that showed up were police for some reason one opens the door she was in a van opens the side door she falls out of it because she was having a regular i think they're called Paul Mall seizures or whatever, and that's that's actually a cigarette. No, Paul Mall. <laughs> it's a mall or just Paul. Paul I think it's just Paul. Paul, uh-huh. just a Paul. Um, what? Anyway, she was having a, a seizure, like a full-on shaking seizure. So when the cop opens the door, she falls out because she's having a seizure. She was knitting for, or something, so she had a knitting needle in her hand. The officer's partner takes that as a some kind of weapon and thinks he's she's lunging at his partner shoots her in the back and kills her so so again when that happened that was just like holy fuck like at that point we had again it was 2009 we moved out in 97 so it was years past you know that we had lived in that area but i was like holy fuck i've seen my mom for 20 seconds you know it's not a long time but because we're not used to thinking that that's what a seizure looks like i'm like holy fuck my mom could have very well been irma de la torre 
And I would have to explain that, oh, she was just, you know, that was just a seizure. She wasn't, you know. And it, it, it would, to me, with the police shootings and all that, that to me was so blatantly bad. You know, I, I'm so I'm so careful to be like murderers and all cops are bastards or whatever. You know, again, I, I try to be diplomatic, but they shot a woman in the back that was having an epileptic seizure. And the police officer, I don't know if he was, I'm not going to say he wasn't, but he stayed on the force because like I said, not even a year later, him, he was with another partner who thought he got shot and they unloaded. I think it was 32 rounds on an innocent couple that just got pulled over like on fucking Ryder by freedom. Just get, just get pulled over. One cop goes over to fucking license and registration type thing. For some reason, he thinks he got shot, jumps to the ground, says, I got shot. Both him and his partner unload their guns into this couple's car. Luckily, the couple wasn't shot, which is also another thing. Like how 32 bullets and you don't hit anybody. That was very lucky. But also, you can't just be shooting shit up like that. One of those two officers was the same guy that killed Irma de la Torre. And I'm just like, dude, one time, which to me was very egregious. But a second time, even if you did think at that point that, okay, you saw your partner dive or whatever, but once all the dust is literally settled and you can't be, and I, I say this because up until like 2017, I saw he was still on the force. I don't know if he's still, that officer really? still is. He was still on the force in 2017? Yeah. I don't know if he's still on the force? I, I No, because again, the, the public salary record, you know, that thing after 2017, he might've, he might've changed positions. That That's why it doesn't show up there anymore, but... It, it, to me, that that's what is just mind-boggling. And th again, this is all in one one block, the block I grew up in, all between Sanborn and Tout. These incidents, mm -hmm. and, and and I don't even know why. Yeah, I'm, again, I don't know. If, I'm, uh, just to just to kind of, and I know you want to wrap this up, yeah. but it's so. And these incidents, right? We're, we're, we mentioned Brenda Rodriguez Mendoza in 2019. That was March 1st. I remember clearly, right? And Irma de la Torre, like you said, 2009. I'm like kind of getting a little spoke there about that. And the kid, the kid, as the, as the, the, as El Cruz, as right? Cruz, right? Victim of violence, right? Victim of street violence. And you know, it's this, it brings me to the question of, you know, how does data, if we look at the data, if we look at our record, if we look at, you know, this, if we just look at the numbers, you know, the 93905 alone, all police shootings that have happened since 2013, I think, all happened in the zip code. Yeah. And then if you, you know, you just mentioned the Irma de la Torre 2009, there was, and and we'll do a little research on this, help me out, Oz, but yeah. I, I know that I had heard from a gentleman that his cousin had a diabetic seizure, a diabetic episode in the, on the east side. And, you know, um, I'm type 1 diabetic. I've had episodes. I've had to be hospitalized for ep these episodes where it's like my blood sugar just drops so low and I'm just like, I... <laughs> Yeah, it gets a little dramatic, and it's like, oh, Chago, you kind of lost it right there. Like, well, know. and again, I'm not familiar with not just yours, but of any, you know, kind of low blood sugar thing. So if you started acting erratically, I wouldn't know that. Oh, wait, this might be a low blood yeah, sugar thing. Yeah, you know? You know, it's, it's not like, a common thing. I, you know, you know, of course, and of course it would be like, oh, you know, I'd have, obviously my thing would go off, right? It'd be yeah. like, right, and I'd have to handle it, right? 
But there was this incident that ha- apparently it took place on the east side. It was a man who suffered from an epileptic, oh no, I'm sorry, diabetic seizure and was killed by the police. All of these, uh, I think we can point to the fact that all of, all the victims all had, all were suffering, right? From some physical or mental, mental issues, you know? And our, our how ready are we, you know? I mean, we talk about it. And when I say we, you know, uh, we're talking about the city leadership, city, you know, all the, all our figures on the dais and whatnot. But really, what does what does a real engaged conversation look like with, you know, and you know, because this what this year what this year has taught us, or at least reminded us, it taught us. I felt I felt like it's been a big year year and a half long lesson is we we know what we can't just hear a type of truth um we have to feel it and w- there's got to be a commitment there you know uh from all all people all, all our folks in in our community in Salinas right the 93905 right like and then those who serve our city who don't live in our city but serve our city right we don't have numbers to to kind of reference. Well, it looks like this many folks who make this much money actually live outside of Salinas, but they come here and they apparently are committed to protect, serve, yeah. you know, and meet, whatever, right? Deliver. Conversations, bro. It's all in the conversations that I hope to have more with you. Yeah. This. Well, and, and just, oh, real, I, we talked about the budget in, in an episode and and just speaking of that, I was just like, man, like the average, I think the average wage is like, I don't know, 32000 a year or something like that for Salinas resident. For police officer, it's like 150000 I was like, just in the, in the like if they pull you over for, for running a, a stop sign to whatever, I don't know how much it is, but let's say it's a $150 ticket. That ain't shit to them. They have no fucking clue. That doesn't affect them at all. But that, like you could be a, a single mom you know, in Salinas and you're just like, fuck dude, that's like, that's a week's worth of fucking food. You get frustrated. This guy comes up, you're all flustered and shit. He wouldn't, he doesn't understand that. He doesn't get why $150 would make you so upset. So all of a sudden he's like, there must be something else going on. You know, my training has taught me she's got something else going or he, whoever the hell poses a threat. Yeah. So I have, I, something's going on here. So I have to elevate. Yeah. My, my level. And that only, that only makes the person that you're dealing with even more upset. And then that's, I feel that's how you end up getting bad interactions. Like just that in itself. And I'm not saying, Oh, every cop should make 32,000 because that's the average that we all make. But I, I don't see how they can relate to somebody. How like, bro, this fucking ticket, and I'm talking about ticket. I'm not saying, oh, they caught you robbing a bank or some shit. Something simple like that. Something, oh, they pulled you over for going 15 to 45, and I'm not advocating bad driving at all. But you can see how a simple situation like that. Maybe you were speeding because yeah, your 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 blood monitor is going off and saying, hey man, you you need to get some sugar in you, and, and that cop has no fucking clue what that means because he will never get close enough for his blood sugar to go that low because he has the resources around him to always have a little snack or something, whatever it might be. But it's like you can't relate to the average Salinas person. 
So, so and just in that sense, you know, like how can we, how can we fix that? Like, like you were saying, yeah, you are used to living in Corral de Tierra or Monterey or wherever where life is somehow is different. So, and, and then when you're here for 12 hours during your shift, you feel like we're broken or something because we don't match the same life that you, that you live. So it's like, that's where you're like, dude, you can't relate. You can't relate. So, and, and I think that that aggravates situations a lot of the times as well. Would you see uh, a police officer in here chopping it up with you one of these days? <laughs> I, I've I've had some that were friends of mine in high school. And I, are you asking that like I mean, actually I'm or rhetorically? Like, would, you, would you see them oh. just be here and just be able to just, just I, I, you know what? Ask me any question. I'm going to give you all whatever you I'm going to just gonna answer it. But see, no. Yeah, that one. No, because I, like I said, I've had even friends from high school, you know, so I feel that I can be kind of real with them. But I just from when talking to them is they just want to be apologists. They just want to. This is why we do what we do instead of saying, oh, I see how we can be. That's the oh, my God. That's what police are never wrong. That's what I don't get. Like how how is every single human being on earth wrong sometimes, but American police officers are never fucking wrong? It's or, just, or, it's, or, or yeah, right. I mean, maybe just, the maybe not the police officers, but maybe the shop steward from the Salinas Police Officers Association, right? Like the union, right? Like those who have the pool, right? Like well, yeah, and I would love to have, and and like I said, I want to be as a interviewer, I guess, tough enough to be able to be like, you're just being an apologist, you're just doing PR right now. Fuck that shit. Let's drop that. What do you think they you would know? have to do to be prepared for that conversation? I don't know if they're willing to have it publicly because it would they would ruin their clout. You know, like like they've I, I feel they've made themselves so perfect in the on the public level that they can't come out and be like, you know what, that guy shooting her in shooting a, a woman in the back having an epileptic seizure. Okay, that was pretty fucked up. I don't because you can't give an end, you know, the way and this, most of them are conservative. I'm going to go out a, a, on a limb there. A, and the way the modern conservative way of arguing or, or conversing is don't give an inch. Don't give a fucking inch. You know, all there all always be on the offensive. And that's where I think I don't know. I would love to. And I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm talking way out of class. Maybe they're like, fuck that. Let's let's be real. I would love if you're listening to this and, and you'd be down to. Um, but also, like I said, I, I it'd be one of those where I want I want to be ready because like when I when I've interviewed politicians and stuff, I've I've had Claudia Melendez Salinas on, you know, and she's that's that's my rock when we're recording, you know, because I can go to her and be like, dude, you you won't back down from shit. I, I can hide behind you if the conversation if I feel like I'm getting bullied, I, you know, I have heard of, and that's where I'm concerned if I don't have that. Like I don't know, I'm, I'm I'm off the mic. You'll you'll learn more, but I I'm very insecure about myself. Sometimes. I mean, we're all learning, man. We're all learning yeah. our levels of confidence. You know? I definitely would like to, though. At the very least, you know. Again, I know I'm going all over the place, but I I would I would love to have a, a representative of that. Because what about somebody from AG. Oh well, because we. I mean, and when I say somebody from AG, like, well, what does that mean, right? And I was Am like, I yeah, normal, or are we talking? Yeah, because like, we've had council members on, and they're in AG, you know. And and again, and that's all. That's I think where I'm leaning towards that whole apologist. Like they're politicians, though, so they're always you know they're it's, they're very good at deflecting. And do we got to prepare being, them? Do they? Do we got to prepare them? Right? Like do do we have to let them know? Are you ready for this? You know, and tell us when you are because 
that's all we all talk about when you're not in the room, guys. You know, yeah, what I mean? like, yeah, and exactly. I'm not trying to do that. Yeah, like again, to talk shit behind nobody's back. Yeah, exactly. I would love to include you in the conversation and have you here and asking you those questions because again, I assume this. I, I assume a lot of these things. I look at, at numbers. I, I look at budgets, and I look at all that. But I'm like, what? What is it? But yeah, like I honestly, I feel the the. I, I think it'd be difficult, to, but I, I'm down. I'm down. I don't know. Like I said, I got to prepare. That's another thing is I got to prepare myself. Like I, I realize I, and this is opening, you know, opening the curtains a little bit to the audience, but I, I realize I owe something to my listeners as well. If I come in here and, and get steamrolled or whatever, or let somebody else control the narrative in, on my own interview, on my own show, I, I think people, again, the listeners that have come to expect certain things of this show will will not like it. i mean they won't quit they love us <laughs> all those hundreds of millions there's hundreds of millions uh, yeah. by the way you can't prove there's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and fair. but yeah but that's where I, I want to make sure because again like this i can be real with you and, and talk about you know my mom's epilepsy and all that and, and get real but if if the guy shows up especially like with a fucking badge or some shit you know that's where i'm like fuck that i got to be confident in myself also as an interviewer i know i can do it i've done it hundreds of times and then which police officers you know yeah. um they and if if anybody uh anybody listening can can provide us with the actual with the exact numbers of how many police officers currently on the force are mexican of mexican descent have grown up here in salinas and how many of, because I've, I've heard like, well, we have this many police officers on the force, you know, it's like, that's like this, this talking point. And I'm like, wow, how, how many of them have been hired since 2014 and how many Mexicans have had to have died so that these Mexicanos could be hired on this police force? Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like, was it because of that, that, that you were able to hire on the Mexi this many Mexicanos. I'm not saying that there weren't before. I do remember, I do remember growing up. You know, Spanish surnames on um, several police officers. Officer Serrano was uh, was one that I I still kind of remember. Right? I yeah. I'm just you know, it's that. What questions can are they ready to answer? Right? I think and more of this dialogue, more of more conversations, stuff that's going to that we that we can unpack, stuff that we can learn from. Um, this is, this is what, this is why I know, like, I was like, yeah, I'm excited. I want to be, you want to talk to Oz and chop it up. Yeah. And that's, what's also cool about this is that long form. Like I've said before, it's ain't KSBW or Carowin. And again, not trying to disparage them. They, they do what they do, but they have three, five minutes, maybe at most. So they got to chop things up. We can sit here for an hour. And, and if you need, if you feel you need to explain something, cool explain it away you know we'll we'll sit here for two hours i don't care i'll edit those and ksbw and kion man i mean hmm, wow yeah that, i mean we you know if we can it's 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 you know they're they're they are some very expensive very valued uh mouthpieces and, and i i say that because i i don't know anybody you know and I, maybe i'm and you know if there, there are any listeners right here that work for ksbw kion maybe some of you will be like yeah you're right or maybe some of you will be <laughs> like well how could he say that and who is this person again right like how are we gonna uh when are we ready to go there bro like that 
that institution, that that institution has been like you can't penetrate that institution. We can go to city hall. We can go to we can go to the courthouse. Yeah. We can go to the county uh, the county offices. How easy is it to get into that that building right there in the corner of of John Street and Abbott? Yeah, yeah, Abbott. <laughs> right, yeah. like and and be like, wow. Let's let's talk about let's talk about how many um how many times you've reported. Uh, on crime in the 93905 area and how much of that coverage or how much of that narrative sustains you and is part of your livelihood. You get paid to talk shit about us, bro. You got a career, brother, like you and a whole industry. You know, between 1999 and 2012, in research that I was doing for a play called Stories at Costa Plaza, we found out, and there were, you know, the homie, the homie, Marcos Cabrera, man, he did a little, he was like, I, he did some research on this and he's like, hey, bro, like there were 250 articles, reports about Acosta Plaza between 1999 and 2012, 250 and only 10 of them were positive. It's like, oh, it's like somebody talking shit about you. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. And you're like, oh, wow. And you just, and then, oh, well, we said like, you know, maybe once or twice you did something really nice. And we, you know, yeah. you take it personal, right? Or, or I mean, or maybe that's my fault. Or maybe that's my, that's, that's <laughs> where, you know, like, oh, you took it a personal, personal, you know, it's like, how are things going to change if we don't? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, that, that, that is a, yeah. Cause if it keeps going, if you're like, oh, well, it's kind of like having that mentality of like that 14 year old of like, this is how it is. That's how it's always going to be. Like, why, why try to change it? And it's like, no, you gotta, yeah. If you don't get personally offended by those things, then, then you won't be able yeah, to affect that change. And it might not be you, it might not be you, but going back to how we started this episode, you don't know who you might be inspiring by doing that, by taking it personally, you know, as, as that 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 says and, and so yeah so it, it is a responsibility to go through with it and not see it as just like you're which you use a modern term now you're just some karen you know trying to talk to the manager like you're not these are are real things that have been happening our whole life and will continue to happen there there's again there's also that group of people that think oh like history just is linear like it just gets better (laughs) you know oh it back in the day that was we you know people died of polio or whatever the hell or or there was slavery that doesn't exist anymore we don't do that we know that's not anymore failing to to note that there's more slaves now than ever (laughs) in human history throughout and throughout the world you know and Amazon is a yeah, like a, I mean, China you know, is right, our manufacturer. Like we don't know what they're what's going on. Not just China. I'm not even trying to just say oh China China bad, but yeah, man, capitalism has has created slaves all over the fucking world because mm. we need our cheap fucking ninety eight cent water <laughs> bottle, and I won't pay any penny more. And for twelve thousand years, the Esalen have been doing it without any of this. Eleven thousand five hundred. But anyway, I'm people are gonna be like, man, this is this <laughs> <guys>. was yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like I said, our listeners know what's up. They know what they're getting into. But Chago, anyway, we wanted to do this since a long time, but we've done it now. And obviously you have to come back. There's so much more that we want to talk about. This was definitely just an introduction. Speaking of, you know, again, the people that inspire, you know, when I'm thinking of these shows and wanting to do less kind of just chat rambling and more 
actual written down things. You are definitely somebody that I think about and I've seen your work. And, and so I'm like, okay, how can I emulate a little version oh, of, of that? So there, um, so I'm glad that I get to finally have you here and speak to you and then tell you that personally, because again, especially with how thing, you know, things that have happened locally, you never know what, what can happen. Gerardo, este Gerardo Martinez Chavez. Yeah. Just had to say that, bro. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So anyway, so thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And, and to the listeners, yeah, we're going to have you back on again. And so if there was, we have questions, they'll be answered soon enough but anyway thanks right on latest